When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Thursday, September 9th, 2021, and we're brought to you as always by the great people at today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist in the world. Make him your dentist. Give him a call, 317-849-2933. Punch subscribe, hit the like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts, and let's talk about the NFL. NFL back in action tonight in Tampa the Buccaneers, and the Cowboys. Get your lineup set for fantasy football, all that stuff. I've done that. You should do that. A lot of you are playing fantasy football with and against me. Good luck. Pack a lunch. I don't lose. All right, let's talk about the Colts. They've got the Seahawks coming up on Sunday, and they're going to try to win their first season opener since 2013. Since Peyton Manning and the Colts won their opener, followed by their next 13 games in 2009. The Colts are 1-10 on opening day or opening night. Going to be a beautiful day, Lucas Oil Stadium. I hope they have the roof open because I love the social media buzz when the roof's open. Either people are too hot or too cold. All they do is complain as though they are supposed to sit in air-conditioned splendor every time the Colts play. Hello to you. So I, I hope it's open. And I hope the people in the sun sweat a little bit. And I hope the people in the shade are a little bit chilly. And everybody raises hell about the decision to open up the roof. Because my God almighty, it's football. Goodness. All right, a lot of question marks about this team. Can Carson Wentz play? That's a legitimate question. From 2017 to 2019, he was a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. You've really got to have a top 15 quarterback in the NFL to be able to go to the playoffs and win a game in the playoffs. You have to. Can Carson Wentz be that version of himself for this Indianapolis Colts team? Can the Indianapolis Colts, for the time being, take care of business without T.Y. Hilton? They don't have a true number one. You kind of got to have a number one. You've got to have talented guys at the top of the roster in order to win in the NFL and the Colts. At the wide receiver position, you're hoping that Michael Pittman Jr. can ascend to that level of play. You're hoping that Paris Campbell can remain healthy for any period of time whatsoever. He's played, what, nine of 32 possible games in the regular season? You're hoping that Zach Paschal can be a guy who can be counted on week in, week out to go catch a football a little bit. And you're hoping that Strawn, Michael Strawn, the rookie, can go get the football too. You're hoping all these things. You're hoping that Marlon Mack can stay healthy. 
but you don't really necessarily need him, and you've got to have Jonathan Taylor stay healthy. You're not hoping for that. You have to have that. There, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. This is going to be an inert offense without Jonathan Taylor at the running back spot being the bell cow. Naheem Hines is a nice gadget guy, but Jonathan Taylor has got to be a guy that you can count on like last year. Here's what Jonathan Taylor did, and a lot of this had to do with the offensive line, and we'll talk about that offensive line in a minute. Jonathan Taylor, three yards a carry before contact. That was number seven in the NFL. And then he tacked on another 2.1 yards per carry after contact. He's great prior to contact, missing guys and making guys miss. And he's good after contact too. Jonathan Taylor needs to be the bell cow. And you know what? That sets the Colts apart because their running game is such a huge part of what they need to do day in and day out to be able to compete in the NFL. They're not a team that's going to throw the football 52 times a game and be successful. They're not. No matter who the quarterback is, that's not the way they're built. They got road graders up front who can knock the snot out of guys and open up holes for Jonathan Taylor or Marlon Mack or Naheem Hines. And they got receivers who are ball control guys, not guys necessarily. You, you look at the tape of the 2013 game between the Colts and the Seahawks. And what'd you see? Colts got back into that game with an Andrew Luck to T.Y. Hilton bomb, right? That's not what this team is. They're not going to be vertical. They're going to be a ball control offense that keeps the opposing defense on the field for extended periods periods of time. William Jones says hello. I say hello back. Hey, William. They've got a defense, the Colts do, that is a bend-don't-break defense that's going to keep offenses on the field for long drives. The longer the drive, the better the chance to create a turnover, right? They're not built for three and out. I'd love to see a defense that's built for three and out. This defense of the Indianapolis Colts is built to defend against a team 10 12 plays at a time, and hopefully they're able to rip the football loose or go get an interception. That's what they need to do. They want 40 interceptions. Is there any question that they're going to fall short of that goal? There is no question they're going to fall short. None. Zero. Michael Strawn, here's the deal, William, with Michael Strawn, is that Michael Strawn knows how to play one level and one spot wide receiver in the NFL. He's not a good blocker at this point. He's not a guy you can line up in the slot. You can't do a lot of things with him. You can do one thing with him. I think you're going to be able to throw fade routes in the red zone to go get the ball to Michael Strong. That's going to be his strong suit. It's going to be his calling card until he develops other areas of expertise within his game. That's a big deal. Michael Strong's got the physical capabilities to be a really good NFL wide receiver you got to keep the wide receivers on the field. One good thing, and we'll get back to question marks, right, because there are some, and and on the offensive line, obviously. The Ravens have had injury issues that have been insane over the last three weeks, and they got much worse today. Gus Edwards, running back, torn ACL today in today's practice. Marcus Peters, quarterback, torn ACL, they believe. Those guys likely lost for the season. They've already lost J.K. Dobbins to an ACL. They lost Justice Hill to an Achilles. They have signed Devonta Freeman and Le'Veon Bell to the practice squad. 
already for God's sake. That's game five for the Colts. You're going to play against at least a team right now that's got no running game whatsoever other than Lamar Jackson, although that's pretty dynamic. He's my starting quarterback on a couple of fantasy teams. So, fewer options, more points for Lamar Jackson unless you overexpose him, and then all of a sudden you've got another injury, and that would be a fatal injury for the Ravens. But this makes that Monday night football game in week five a little bit more winnable for the Indianapolis Colts, and that's a good thing. Win this opener, maybe win next week against the Rams, and then week five against the Ravens. If you're 3-2 and two after the first five games, you feel really good. All right, the offensive line. Huge question mark there, at least this week. Eric Fisher looks like he's not going to play. He was limited in practice again today. So that means Julian Davenport is likely to get the start at left tackle. Is he going to be able to protect... Carson Wentz's backside. Rick Venturi on 107.5 uh, The Fan this afternoon on JMV's show said a really, really smart thing. You cannot let your limitation beat you on a Sunday without trying to tactically cover for it, right? And the bandage for a mediocre starting left tackle, and let's be honest, that's a polite way of describing Julian Davenport and, and his play, at least to this point in his NFL career. You got to have a tight end. On his side, you got to have a tight end on the left side, have a running back chip a little bit before releasing. You've got to do something to take the pressure off Julian Davenport and make sure that you don't get beat by speed rushers from that side. You know, whether they bring blitzers or whether it's the edge rush guy who lines up at right defensive end for the Seahawks, you cannot let that beat you. So I don't believe that the Colts will. By the way, are we lucky or what to have Rick Venturi schooling us up constantly about football in Indianapolis? Yes, we really are. Very few people on the planet know more about football than Rick Venturi. And listening to JMV and, uh, and Chris Hagan from Fox 59 talk to Rick, as always, a great pleasure. Can Eric Fisher be back for next week? That's a huge question mark. Quentin Nelson limited at practice today after being held out yesterday. He's got a back issue, had a back issue last year. Is that going to be something that restricts the Colts from playing him as often as they like? Jonathan Taylor is not a pass blocker, but I think he can be one. He wasn't bad at it last year. He was just never asked to be that at Wisconsin. So I think that that's a tool in the toolbox that he is going to access and, and hone over a period of time. People, you know, this is, I know this is heresy, is craziness, right? To talk about Jonathan Taylor and Walter Payton in the same breath. Uh, go Colts, yes, William, go Colts. But I see some of Walter Payton in Jonathan Taylor. And there has not been a better blocking running back, at least not a better marquee level uh, blocking running back than Walter Payton. It's something that I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to try to get really, really good at. And he's going to have to be good at it as we move forward because that, that's a critical component of what the Colts need in terms of protection. You've got to be able to pick up a blitzer, especially uh, with the multiple packages that the Seahawks bring to bear against their opponents. Uh, Hines in the slot for T.Y. I really like Hines coming out of the backfield. Now, if you want to roll him out in motion and kind of slot him, I think that that's a cool way to use him. But I like him in the backfield, too. I, I, I think he's a 
quality running back and the guy who should take snaps when Jonathan Taylor is sitting. You can't run Jonathan Taylor 35 times. You run Heinz 10, I think that that's a good thing, or throw it to him out of the backfield. Um, Number one thing the Colts need to do to get a win on Sunday, I think you got to go get the football. I think that you got to put Russell Wilson in a position where he's going to turn it over. And at the same time, you have to mitigate big plays. You can't give up big plays to Russell Wilson. And he'll throw you the football periodically, so go ahead and take it. Bottle him up, pressure him, and then go get the football. That's how you beat the Seattle Seahawks. And you run the football. Do that a little bit. Making that comparison since last year, uh, Fireman Jeff says, ethic, personality, etc. Taylor and Peyton, kindred spirits. If you watched, and you know what? Walter Peyton retired after the 87th season. So not a lot of people, maybe under the age of 40, remember anything about Walter Peyton. But I think that these two guys are very, very similar in the way they pursue football. Uh, Make more sense to operate out of the shotgun for the Colts? I don't think so. I mean, you're going to do it periodically. I like them running the football, and I like play action, and that's tough unless you RPO out of the out of the shotgun. So I think they're going to go ahead, take direct snaps, and operate out of that functionality. All right, and and you got to to keep the Seahawks honest. If you show them, hey, we're passing, you know what? They're going to drop seven, and you're going to have a tough time. So, uh, but those those really, and then. Like, you got questions at quarterback, man. Quiddy Pay is absolutely critical to the success of this defense. He has got to be able to apply pressure. If he doesn't apply pressure, those quarterbacks get exposed. And other than Kenny Moore, if Xavier Rhodes doesn't play, I don't know who you got. You got cornerbacks who I don't think are terribly good. I love Isaiah Rogers and his athletic skill set, I like him as an athlete. But you know what? He does bite a lot. He reminds me of Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins drove me nuts. Uh, You know, in his career, what, 10 years with the Rams, with the Giants, with the Saints, bites all the time. So Seahawk fricassee. Hopefully we find out what a Seahawk fricassee looks like. Uh, Pay could be great. You know what? Pro football focus during the preseason, and this doesn't mean a damn thing. I know that. But Quiddy Pay was really highly rated during the preseason. He was terrific. Yeah, Houston is with the Ravens. Justin Houston is a Baltimore Raven. So there you go. On the, uh, the backside of a really, really good career. And, and he was a, a total pro for the Colts. And he's going to be missed from a leadership standpoint in that locker room. But from a productivity standpoint, I don't think so much. You could see that it was kind of getting away from him. And that's what happens in football. You play for a long time, and then at the end of the long time, you can't play anymore, and the phone rings, and you got to go see the Turk, and you're doing something else for a living, or you're just living off the wealth you've accrued, and you watch science fiction movies. That's what a lot of guys do once they hang it up in the NFL. One piece of Pacers news, bad news, torn Achilles tendon for Edmund Sumner. Now, that's bad news for Sumner. For Pacers fans, not so big a, uh, a bad piece of news, all right? Because Edmund Sumner, his value over replacement player during his career, 0.5, negative 0.5, 
His win shares in 108 games, 1.9. This is not a guy who's going to win or lose you games. He's just not. Sumner is not that kind of guy. Not a great defender, not a good defender. He could do some things offensively, but if you're the Pacers, you're really not going to miss Edmund Sumner. And the way you're going to miss T.J. Warren, despite the fact that you haven't seen him recently, and so you're, it's kind of like your favorite uncle or your favorite aunt who comes by every couple of years. You look forward to seeing them, but do you miss them when they're not there? Not so much. And that's the story with T.J. Warren. He's like that crazy uncle who's going to show up at Banker's Life Fieldhouse one day and drop 50. And then, you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to see him for a while. So, uh, yeah, the Ravens, the Ravens are not going to be a, uh, a, a component, a competitive component in the AFC. Houston's going to be terrible. That's got to be three wins. Hey, look, the Colts, they better have learned their lesson last year when they lost that opener to the Jacksonville Jaguars because if they win that opener, what happens to the Colts? They're hosting a playoff game at 12-4 and four instead of traveling to Buffalo as 11-5 and five wild cards. It's a big deal. All 17 of these games count, and that begins in about 72 hours. We'll see what the Colts have for the rest of the AFC and the NFL beginning then. Pete Carroll, here's a matchup I really don't like for the Colts right now. Pete Carroll against Frank Reich. I don't like it. We'll see what happens. Uh, Jerry Jones. Yeah, I hate Jerry Jones. He's terrible. Um, three running back sets. <laughs> Full house backfield. The real T formation. Let's go. I hate the Cowboys. I will never root for the Cowboys. I would much rather see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win tonight than the Dallas Cowboys. I will always root against the Dallas Cowboys, against everybody else, even the Patriots. I will root against the Dallas Cowboys because I know it gnaws at Jerry Jones's soul. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Breakfast with Kent. Can't wait to get at this again. What a weekend we have in store for us here. Hines at wide receiver, lots of motion. That's fine. Bucks by 100. Let's go. Why don't you start the stream and run a 10-minute countdown clock to give people a chance to get on? Let's go. You know what? I would monitor, if I were you, I would monitor at all times. I'm like turning on the machine. Go. Let's ramp up. All right? And if if the the live doesn't work for you in terms of, hey, you know, here we go. Uh, I'm, I'm opting in immediately. You know what? You can watch it recorded. It's cool. Leave a comment. I comment back. It's what I do. Let's go. Cowboys can go 1-16 with a win tonight. Let's hope not. You're on Kent time. Always. Damn right. (laughs) 